Welcome to Tough Love Podcast with me, Mairead Lachman, matchmaker, dating specialist and the founder of Love HQ Matchmaking. And me, Stephanie Regan, clinical psychotherapist and relationship specialist. Stephanie, last week we talked about part one of our series. So it's going to be a four part series on um, literally kind of having a big issue within your relationship right through to perhaps counselling um, and perhaps then support, um, you know, in relation to separation, divorce and right throughout all four areas. So from one, having a healthy relationship to perhaps parting ways. Uh, last week we talked all about really the issues within ourselves, within the relationship, how to try and resolve them as best as we can. And this week we're going to talk about if we can't resolve them, what's the next step? If we've already tried ourselves without professional help, what happens from here? Yes, exactly. So um, those who listened last week know that, um, that we've really kind of kind of stepped through that conversation, that hard conversation part between the two of you. And as you say, it's when you move to that point where you realize this is bigger than us. We're not getting through. Now, I often say to people, when do you really know that an outsider might help? There's a few points. One, when the argument keeps going around to the same point, when things do not improve, even when you're both trying, or even when one of you is trying, but especially if you're both trying, you can see you're getting in some way snarled by almost like, like a knot in a thread, Something yes. is something is is stopping your progress, and you don't really know what it is. Okay. So that's a very good time to go for counselling. Of mm-hmm. course, when both parties can see the problem, and see there is something, and they've tried, and now is a good time to bring in somebody else. Mm-hmm. So you know the way we talked last week about the conversation, and that's why I was saying it's important to go through the steps. Mm-hmm. So having had the conversation, leaves you kind of ready and open to. Okay, well, we've tried this. You and I have talked about this. So now we're not getting anywhere. So we need to talk to somebody else. So here we are. Step two, big step two is counselling. So I think it's really worth, and I know it's my area, but it's really worth saying when you go to counselling, there's, you know, you don't need individual, an individual counsellor. You need somebody who understands relationships and understands what you're trying to fix, what you're trying to bring and what you both bring to it. So people who are relationship therapists have done a lot of work on relationship work, family systems, all of that. But they also understand all of the individual issues that could be there from your childhood. That could be because we all bring our stories. Don't yes, we? of course we do. Your story, my story, you know, my partner's story. They all come into the room. They all come into that relationship. And one of the big things that I suppose gets activated in relationships is that we trigger each other. And often it's only when we're in the relationship, deep in the relationship, or indeed when children come into relationships, that those early experiences come to play. I spoke with a lovely woman just this Saturday and she said something to me very like that in a social context, actually. And she just said it was only when we had children that we both realized we had so many other problems that we never really acknowledged before. So children Mm -hmm. can bring up the neediness in you from your own childhood, the problems you had with your own parents. All sorts of issues. I mean, there's just no end to the issues. So what can what can some counselling do? It can good counsellors will, you know, often give you some time alone to hear both perspectives Mm -hmm. and then they will bring you together. Some others are more purist and they never 
operate with uh, without the two people in the room. Personally, I think that's a mistake. I like to hear both parties um, a sort of individual perspective, the things they don't want to say in the room, but the things they feel they could say to me. And uh, I won't keep secrets for people. In other words, if somebody is saying, well, I don't love her and I'm, you know, I'm just going through the process. Well, I'm not going to keep that. Yes. If they say I'm, uh, you know, I've had a fling, but I, you know, I'm not saying that. Don't want to know that. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a, a sort yeah, of a, a, secret, a secret keeper. A, I'm not a secret keeper. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're in the business of providing a space where you can hear each other better. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, at this stage in the, in the problem that we're talking about, you can make immense progress. Yes. Sometimes even in one session. So anybody who's in crisis, I would really encourage you into some couple counselling, one, two or three sessions. That's all it might take. Now, I'm assuming that's for anybody that is actually interested in saving their relationship. You know, if if somebody's already decided I don't want to be here anymore, I've already been through hoops, there's been abuse, there's been emotional abuse, there's been uh, verbal abuse, there's been whatever it is, right? If they've already decided I'm done, I'm assuming they're not going to couples counselling at that stage. That's when they go on to mediation, is it? Well, yes, but they also could go to couple counselling with a view to ending. So an amicable ending. okay? yes, they could, because mediation is a lot about dividing up. okay? the spoils and uh, if there are any spoils. um, But the in many ways, the the counselling can help you to end very well. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I I think it's it's very useful because it deals with the emotionality of the end, because Mm -hmm. endings are hard for everybody. And if you don't end well, you won't begin well. And, okay. and that's a really important thing that we're that I see an awful lot, a lot about. I don't know if you've um, if I can just bring her in now. And it's the Vanessa Feltz story. People, yes. Uh, people might. I was very struck by this. In fact, I'm I'm utterly locked on to uh, dating with celebs. <laughs> I know. And, uh, and a new program now that's coming out. I think it's just starting tonight about um, uh, about uh, single mums and dads dating, mm-hmm. you know, so oh, yes. parents, you know, um, who have who have who have never been married, kind of setting them up with each other, and I think it'd be very very interesting because in many ways Absolutely. they're bringing in the childhood, the child factor, you know. Of course, but Vanessa Feltz was in the celebs dating, and so you can see this woman out. She's a you know good age. She's sixty three. <laughs> she's um, been hurt, as people know, because she very much wore it on her sleeve out there on Instagram. She's a broadcaster in the UK. She um, her her partner, who was sixteen years her junior. Um, uh, was found out to to be having an affair of some nature or to have been mm-hmm. unfaithful. And she very much wore her sort of heart in her sleeve and, you know, got on Instagram and said, look, she was kind of heartbroken and very shocked. And, and there was a real kind of lovely arm sort of extension of warmth, and you know, to her. And now she's on dating with celebs. And celebs go dating, kind of yes. seeing this hurt person, and I suppose that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying, bringing it in here, this person who has is carrying heart and carrying yes. great brightness as well. But she's obviously trying to manage it, negotiate it, process it. And but it's it's jumping up when she's sitting across from somebody. Definitely. You tell me what you saw. Definitely. Oh, my goodness. Right. So first of all, that lady, <laughs> we're, I'm going to mention the name, but if she come, she came to me for matchmaking, the first thing I'd be like is you need to go and talk to somebody mm-hmm. because she's just wasting her own time and wasting the other person's time going dating. She's not ready. 
Yeah. Straight up, she is not ready. Second of all, she needs some therapy. She needs to adjust to everything. And then I would say more, a little bit more work on date on her and developing her dating personality. Yeah. Because the masculine energy, if you've ever heard me talk about feminine and masculine energy, um, the masculine energy oozing out of every pore in her body, um, mm. passive aggressiveness, um, argumentative, slightly aggressive, actually, um, yes. rude, um, insulting towards her potential match, everything like that. If by any chance she got through the the process of going on a date through ourselves, she yeah. certainly wouldn't be going on a second date until she did a little bit of work on herself. Because little, honestly, yeah. she's not ready. Uh, yes, you can I actually think- see the hurt coming through. Yes, I think you're right. There's something about not ready for sure. Although she's done a lot of work on herself. I, I think know, she's done but... a lot of, she talked, you know, about being um, busy and occupied for 240 days since the yes. since this guy did this to her. And and uh, she wasn't going out dating all the time or even, you know, she was just sort of with people every every day. And I suppose clinically, I'd be, I would say, well, and that is great. And that lifts you in but, a way, in a way. But you also mm-hmm. have to have time to reflect and be alone and be alone with your aloneness and your with your break broken upness, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. And so I feel that hasn't been processed fully. Then you have then in this dating world that she's in. Well, you have to say dating with celebs, you know, it is kind of um, well, it's dramatized. Obviously, it's a it's a it's a different thing. She's been invited to date. So mm-hmm. you're right. She didn't really have the motivation to date. I don't know if she was ready in her own self. Mm-hmm. And at the same time now, there was one guy she she was attracted to. And I think that sort of sparked her up a little bit. But she shows a lot of disrespect to the guys who are nice guys, who are just putting themselves out there a little bit. And I thought it very much parallels the worlds that we watch. And that's why I like looking at it. And uh, uh, she was, uh, then there was one guy who, was it, well, there was one guy actually, yes, there was a, have a a look at it yourselves um, on Instagram, if you like, or just look it up. Um, She was very dismissive to a a restaurant owner who had, he Hawaiian pizza. Having having Hawaiian Hawaiian. She asked pizzas. him specifically though. She was yes, going down the rabbit him, hole with put, it. Okay. Would you put pineapple on pineapple it? on a pizza? And okay. And he said, "Well, I own a pizza restaurant, and so I obviously would. we have Hawaiian." She goes, "Hawaii is nowhere near Italy, so why would you have it? And there should be no such thing as hot pineapple and all those sorts of things." Now, look, if we're very honest, okay, one of the biggest things I always say going on dates is have fun and be fun. One, yeah. she was not having fun, and two, she was not fun. She was no. actually. A pain in the ass. Yeah, Straight she up. wasn't fun, and she was disrespectful. She was, he was all really of those sweet, things. Very handsome guy. She really guy. wasted. She really wasted his time, and she was yeah. really not fair. So she wasn't for no. anybody that might potentially be looking for love. If you That's were ever right. in that mindset, that don't go dating. Like honestly, no. just stop. It the showed thing, the cruelty, didn't it? It did. It also did. But also, yeah. you often talk, talk as well about. And look, it just happens to be Vanessa Feltz, and we are using her as an example. So it's yeah. not specifically aimed at her, but it is no harm for people to see how badly a date is. It exactly. is the worst example of a date that I've seen in yes. a long time. I don't tend to watch a lot of dating shows because it's yeah, like I do. I it's like an accountant go. <laughs> it's like an accountant <laughs> going home to do their accounts all evening. I know. Um, so she. You know, she was dealing with this guy who was in front of her, who had nothing to do with the guy that she has been living with for the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. But he got the reaction that he got from her 
was the re- all those feelings transferred onto him mm-hmm. of the hurt, the anger and the unworked outness of her previous relationship. Yeah. And, the, and really that's I the cruelty. And that's why couple counselling helps. And really, that's why we are first. tying it in. OK, is because if you are not one Right. It was like, first of all, if you're you're bringing all this hurt from your relationship, there is a saying that says the person that has not gone to therapy is the per- is the reason why everybody has to go to therapy around them. And it is very true. You know, it is, like I, anytime I've ever gone to therapy and especially in a relationship or because of a relationship, I've always thought to myself, I would not have been here if someone else had gone, you know, that sort of way. And, yes. and it has been the case. OK, so um, realistically, what we're saying here is, OK, it can only help. Um, but also they need to be ready. So like that, she was not ready to go dating and uh, you have to be emotionally ready. So if you're not ready, yes, you know, um, maybe you should be going to counselling on your own for a week or two beforehand, perhaps yeah. then bring in. Check the, it out. Yeah, even going to a separate therapist. I don't know what way that works. Do you tend yeah. to go to a separate therapist if you're going for Yes. Yes, of and, course. It definitely works. And uh, I don't really care any version of it, you know, is going to help yeah. because because what you will do is articulate the problem differently. Somebody will hear you better. You sometimes in all that effort to fix a relationship, mm-hmm. you you're, 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 as we said last week, the focus was very much on the relationship. Can we fix it? Can we make it better for us? Can we, uh, you have some issues, I have some issues. What can we do? How are we going to fix this? Now you're moving into the, 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 the moving along that continuum to say, well, actually, we're not able to do this on our own. So now we're trying to maybe bring in the help of somebody else. What mm-hmm. can they do? Sometimes they can go straight into the issue together maybe you're you know there's enough space there for you both to still be able to hear each other but sometimes it can't all be said in the one room and you have to separate out and listen to you know I or the therapist needs to listen to you individually that can be very good and it can be very very useful Mm -hmm. I cannot recommend it enough it's not that I need work or I'm asking for work there's a thousand therapists in Ireland and I would greatly encourage you to use that to go there i think it's Um, important that we say though that there needs to be a little bit of self-reflection if you're getting to that stage so if your relationship's not working you're going around in circles you know you need to go to a therapist if the other party's saying to you we need to go to a therapist like one welcome the idea at all times anyway to be able to talk about your relationship if you have such a big problem that you don't want to talk about your relationship you are a big part of the problem i would think at least would you agree with that people Um, people who need it most are most resistant okay for sure Uh, I also think as well, we need to reflect on what am I like to live with? What am I like to communicate with? Do people filter? I know people in, Mm -hmm. you know, close enough in my life that all the people around them filter what they say to them because they're afraid of their reaction. They don't tell them information because they're afraid or just, you know, maybe not even afraid. They just can be bothered with their reaction. So they just tell them the bits that they want to to do. Um, So that as well. Um. You know, do you understand, like, are you listening to your partner or have you started to take advantage of your partner? So are you just like, you know, you know, within your household, if you're like, "Mm, I just won't bother to bring out the bins because I know they'll bring them out. Hmm. Like, there's nothing more irritating when you get to a stage within a relationship, because I would be quite a giving person. And there are situations where, like, you realize you're putting in so much effort and the other person is just like, yeah, well, sure, they'll pick up the slack. They'll pick up the slack. They'll pick up mm. the slack. And it can be very difficult when it gets to that stage. Oh, yeah. You're well, just there's like, a lack of respect in that. 
there is a lack of respect absolutely and so i think when it gets to that stage absolutely there needs to either be couples therapy or again the door so like Mm. when it's getting to that stage as well that you are going to couples therapy i think conversation needs to be had even when you get in the door there of saying these issues are so serious to me or that we fix this whatever the energy is or whatever the communication issue is that if this doesn't work out what happens at the end so that everybody's very clear on why we're here what the process is going to be and also what the desired outcome is even being clear on mm-hmm. at a very minimum these are the issues that must be sorted and this is what it looks like when it's sorted and mm-hmm. i think that's really important oh yeah absolutely you make a good therapist there because that's definitely mm-hmm. marade what happens you know yeah. in the in that room very early what what happens is i would say okay so who asked who to come here who mm-hmm. has who is coming reluctantly who is happy to be here what is the issue? What is your problem? What are what are the issues for you? Yes. One party. What are the issues for the other party? Mm-hmm. And I listen to how each other are listening to that. Yes. And how it is being received, whether it is being whether it is being justified. You also have the two people in front of you um, by Zoom largely mm-hmm. nowadays, because that's yes. how lots of things are working. And uh, you can see people's reactions very, very clearly. And the eyes rolling and, you know, the face getting, you know, mm-hmm. tighter and the tension and what. So of it's course. very easy to work that out. But what you have what you have touched on is setting the parameters. You know, that's obviously our job, especially is being able to say one of the great things about therapy, I think, in couple work is that, well, I would set the parameters very strongly. You speak through me and okay. only to each other when I kind of ask you to talk to each other. Okay, yes. So you don't have people shouting over each other and and arguing because sometimes that's a factor. Now, it's not always you meet very lovely couples who are trying very gently to work through, but there can be a lot of aggression in the room as well and a lot of pain. And Mm -hmm. um, but you're giving people the safety and the the freedom to say what needs to be said. And sometimes they have been struggling to say that and I help them to have it heard. And and that's all you can do. Remember, in relationships, what you're doing is what we tried to do in the in the if you remember in session one, we were talking about about Mm -hmm. having the conversation. You're trying to communicate the issue and say, what can we how can we fix this? Now you have a professional in who's helping you to articulate the issue and to see what can be done. And they can offer you all sorts of other techniques, ideas, perspectives and resources to deal with this problem. And that's where couple counselling comes into play. They also work on the basis of, okay, you take this away, you try to deal with it on the along the lines that we have talked yes. about, and you're back in two weeks. And in yeah. two weeks, we see... Full two weeks, not just one week, two weeks. Usually with couples, two weeks. Okay. Unless they're in... Unless they're, you know, it's in crises, like like active daily crisis. Okay, yeah. yeah. I would go two weeks. Two weeks. Okay, and so, right, I'm sure you've seen it. They arrive back, one person has put in the effort and probably a bit more, and the other person nearly forgot today's session was on, turns up 10 minutes late and really has not participated. What happens then? Well, you call it out, you know, you you speak it in the session, you know, who's trying, who isn't, why not? All these things come through very easily. Nothing, nothing escapes in the therapy room, in my view, because yeah, we're in the business of truth. We can see it in your eyes, in your demeanor. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't lie to me because yeah. really you it's very hard to lie in the intimacy of therapy. Yeah. 
and you have another person, of course, there as well, like mm-hmm. almost like a witness. I mean, they're they're in it. So, so the truth comes out very very quickly. It gets called out and it gets worked out. Now, many people, you know, there's a lot of long term therapy that people engage in, and they may yeah. they could they could go into therapy for quite a you know a six month or a, a one year mm-hmm. period. I tend to be working the crisis, you know, the stabilize what we call the kind of stabilization phase where I take people yes. out of crisis into a time of stability. And then if there are issues, they continue to work on that over a period of time. That may be that you need some work on yourself mm-hmm. or that or your partner needs work or you're and, actioning you know, something. Yeah. Yeah, because we all have complicated childhoods, you know, very, very few of us have perfect childhoods. And and I certainly am not one of them. But but, you know, I carry my childhood well. And I think that that that's what we have to learn to do in life, to understand our little our little markers, our little weak spots, things that hurt us, things that trigger us, how our partner triggers us so that we can carry that forward and not damage what's between each other. Because often that's a big factor and that's what therapists pick up on a lot. Um, you 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 talked earlier about perfectionism. Yeah. You know, what's like somebody's perfectionistic in the relationship. What's that about? Usually it's about maintaining control over their a chaotic childhood world that they had. You know, what is it about the person who can't deal with the calmness of home, who wants excitement all of the time? Mm-hmm. What's that about? What do they associate with that? So there's individual and couple work. When you go deeper, that's and that's where the solutions are as yeah. well. What happens in a situation where someone comes and one of the parties then says to you, actually, I don't want to try straight up. I don't want to try. I came here today to maybe facilitate the conversation. Does that happen? Facilitate yes. the breakup conversation like straight off the bat. Yeah. Well, then they ha- that has to come through. The time has, you know, they, they have to say that in the room. Okay. Uh, you know, in the Zoom room, if you like. They have to say that. If mm-hmm. they are ready to have that conversation, I will facilitate that conversation. We've moved to a different point, yeah. but they have to say the words. It's their ending, not mine. And, um, but I would, you know, I, I think the markers, the markers for can you continue to work on a relationship are, is there love? Is there respect? Is there desire to fix it? And that needs both people. Okay. Yeah, it does. If well, both people for... don't want to, yeah. well, if to I... start drawing up the exit plan. Yeah, it takes two people to really, if they want a relationship, it'll work. If, you know, it takes two Definitely. people to really put in the effort. Absolutely. Yes, it does. Even if one person isn't, you know, able to make great progress, that's that can all be forgiven and understood. But there has to be a real effort. There has to be a willingness to try, a wanting to try. I mean, what I think is a, is a horrible and cruel thing to do, and I have seen it done, not with me, but I have, you know, worked with people afterwards where, Somebody went into, goes into counselling and in many ways they're hiding an affair. Yeah, okay. And they've never told that there is an affair. So in many ways they're kind of, Mm -hmm. they're duping, aren't they? Yeah. That's very, now I know I said earlier that uh, I I don't think they'd get past me with it, but they could get past somebody with it. And Mm -hmm. um, it's a, I think it's a pretty horrible, reprehensible thing Mm -hmm. to do because you're asking the person to fervently go forward, try and fix something and put your heart on your, you know, really put your heart into it. And um, your partner is doing that. Why are you not doing that? Why are you not just stepping away? Why are you not being honest? I mean, I think honesty I expect my partner to be honest. There's many things yeah. that I would forgive 
but 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 duping you like that while well, you're actually using, trying to fix it. Yeah. Yes, because you're using your effort. You're postponing an exit. And why should you why should anybody abuse your time? Time is a very precious thing in our mm-hmm. lives. Um, realistically, are they going to be having an affair if they want to fix it anyway? They're probably not. You know, like if they would have they would have closed it out if they really want to um, fix the relationship. Like people in really happy relationships, do they still have affairs? I think so. I think yeah. sometimes, yeah. yeah. I think sometimes people have affairs because opportunistically they just get yeah, caught okay. up in it. Yes. Um, the ego part of us or the... I mean, I would say... Part of us. Yeah, I mean, I think that... I think that when your relationship is at its height, you know, of closeness and the whole crescendo of love and all of that, mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's very, you don't leave yourself open to affairs. You don't leave yourself open, but you're not looking for it. You're not sending out the signals. You're not flirting. You're not responding. All those kind of things. Your world is your partner, you know, you're yes. so involved. But but that doesn't really last for a very long time and the gaps can be there and people can get, you know, they, they can just lose, lose the way. You also have people who are maybe just less, less loyal than maybe we like to think yes. or more open to being flattered than we like to think. Um, some people's sex is a de-stressor. It's, it's not a big emotional journey um, for others. It is. And um, leaving the gender out of it even, you know, so for some it's it can be fun. Of course, of course, it's, you know, it's less likely. I think it's far less likely when you're happy. What happens if both people are making an effort, but they're just not compatible? So like like that, the people's capacity is different. People's outlook is different. People's expectation of what their life should be. Mm. Um, perhaps they've come to a part of their life where their kids are now going off to college, they're coming to retirement age and that's one person, what they would like now for the next stage of their life is completely different to the other person's yes. next stage of their life. What happens when both people are actually trying but they're just not meeting in the middle? Yeah, and um, I think that does happen quite a bit where there's, yeah. I meet a lot of couples who have um, have had a lovely relationship and uh maybe a marriage and children and all of that and they've got to a point and you and i actually worked with someone uh yeah. recently where that was what the case kind of actually came to my yeah came yeah. to my head and uh you know sometimes we all we all pigeonhole each other a little bit um in over a 20 year you know relationship so we have to give a lot of space for change now I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in change. Do something new together. Do yeah. something fresh. Try something else. Because what you do when you do that is you see another side of both yourself. I mean, isn't that why we like to do things yeah. that are new and, and adventurous <laughs> and challenging? Because we find a new strength in ourselves. But equally in a relationship, you see people who will say things like, oh, you know, we we sold the house and we bought somewhere else and everything changed, you know, they, they mm-hmm. found a whole other side of themselves. So the love, so it's imperative not to let the, the love, if you like, go stale. And of course, um, and I think as well, you know, we're staying together so much longer and our lives are so much longer and, and the expectation around what we want for ourselves has, has changed so much that we do, you know, there will be more and more, I think of people, what you call like almost consciously uncoupling where they're saying, I, I don't want this, mm-hmm. but 
we are still good to each other. We still care about each other, but we're not everything for each other. And maybe that's something we have to stop trying to be. Yeah. And I myself, since I've been listening to kind of all my ears out, so to speak, all 10 of them, Mm -hmm. uh, all my ears out for separation stuff at the moment. And I've had a few really nice. I mean, asking a lot of people where they are with it. And uh, I've had a few lovely conversations and I'm becoming very aware of people who are doing having very gentle and good separations. And yes. I'd love to hear more from them because I think that conversation needs to be up and out there. How do you do it right? Yes. How met a, a gorgeous person the other day and I thought, wow, they hadn't even been married and they were, but they had children together and they, are, they were parting and they were working really hard so that he would have a really nice house as well as the house they had got together. Yes. So they were working so that they would both be at the, so they would have two decent houses where they could share the children very equally or one day on one day off two days on two days off and I thought I thought I admire you so much for that wow and they don't even have the legal if you like stricture you know of of compulsion and being compelled to do and I just thought that's where we need to go that's where we need to go into move away from blame and mm-hmm. and um and putting people down and and shaming and 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 naming the problem to this needs to change and yeah. we're going to make this change in a very positive way i think though like it does come to people's emotional capacity as well like with really yes. you know you can only have those conversations with people that are emotionally aware emotionally intelligent have the capacity to actually communicate on a True. calm and decent level or self reflective like there are certain people that this works well with what yes. happens just straight up okay you're going to couples counseling you've done all the bits by yourself you then go mm-hmm. to couples counseling and you really <sighs> In your heart of hearts, you know, okay, the person is saying, because we know the person that you're with, the person is saying all that they're going to do. Okay, they're going to like, I'm going to do all of these things. I'm going to, whatever it is, that one thing that always really annoyed you, that's now sorted. This, 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 right? Okay. And two weeks pass, right? They've kind of, they've graduated from couples counseling, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And we'll say a month passes. And then five weeks passes. And they just revert back to their old selves like would you go back to couples counseling at that stage or at that like you know i know it's going to be different for everybody mm-hmm. would you go back to couples counseling at that stage or you just say i'm out no i think you it depends on where your investment is your emotional yeah. investment with it um i think you have to accept that change if a person is really trying to change something mm-hmm. that is a pattern that is deep in their childhood that yes. is triggered in their relationship that is um uh something that uh, that they they don't have complete control of, but they're yes. trying to work it through. And they ha- and in order to do that, you're not going to do that in weeks. I hate to say, no. processing deep emotion takes a little bit of time. Yeah, okay. And I would be saying if there's if you identify something that is almost a childhood thing, you're going to need six months. That's how that works. Okay. Yeah. Very seldom do that, much less. You won't need couple counselling for the six mm-hmm. months, but you would that person would need to work that out a little bit, yes. and be able to what you call own it, have it boundaries be able to process it themselves so they're not acting it out within the relationship Mm -hmm. and um so i would say that it's very natural for that to for that person to work on that Mm -hmm. and it would they would have both success and failure 
within the within the relationship then with with dealing with it. So I think you have to accept there will be progress and setback and mm-hmm. progress and setback. And how much of that can you can you take? Totally that depends yeah. on you. It also depends on whether you feel it's worth it. And also it depends on if you feel the person is putting in their 100%. And maybe they are. Yes. Um, Stephanie, I think that was a, you know, for anybody that is in that situation at the moment, I'm hoping that was a very clear conversation with them because it is a very difficult conversation to have um, with anybody. Um, Next week, we're going to be talking about, you know, the education of yourself, you know, what direction you need to go in if it comes to the stage where you know now you need to separate, now you need to Mm -hmm. potentially start the trail of divorce, mediation, um, those sorts of things, which I think is really important. And yeah, we'll we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Okay. Thank you, Mairead.